Today on the show, one of the big stars of Paul Bunyan Country and certainly one of fishing's brightest ambassadors, Jason Durham, is next. I never understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N for Bunyan Country Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, a good friend of the show is back, Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. Jason, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, great to be on the show, Kev. I'm glad it all worked out. It's one of the few times this entire month that I'm not in my boat during daylight hours, but I'll be there soon. <laughs> yeah, you said uh, before we went on the air, you've been on the water every day of the month so far. Every single day. You know, there's not a lot of people that can say that they're on the water every day. So I feel blessed. I feel incredibly blessed to have that opportunity. And, you know, for those who can't be on the water every day, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be your goal. Uh, <laughs> but find some time to get out on the water eventually. Um, so every day of June means you have seen a wide variety of weather. Oh, my gosh, not even every day. Sometimes it's every hour or half hour. Just a few days ago, the client that I had in the boat, he and I both had our rain gear, and I bet we switched in and out of it four or five different times where it went from, I mean, at one point kind of scary where we had to huddle up near the shoreline to make sure we're safe um, and wearing our rain gear, high winds and thunder and lightning, um, and then 20 minutes later it's, almost 90 degrees and dead calm it's just crazy and and right now we are in a very very hot spell it's going to be here for a while what do you think that's going to mean here in the next week or so i get asked that a lot about what the weather does to the fish unfortunately they don't really tell you when you catch them (laughs) so you don't know what's going to happen in terms of fish behavior until you actually go out and fish like one thing that we've been dealing with regularly in the last few weeks is high wind and a lot of lot of turbulence on the water Uh, we've also had very very warm temperatures so a lot of people see that heat and they go oh man the lakes are heating up so much actually our water temperatures haven't changed a whole lot because that wind causes the water temperature to mix in and that deeper cooler water to blend in with that warmer water i really should say the warmer surface water to blend in with the cooler deep water Um, and that does affect fish especially when you're talking about a cold-blooded animal that is affected by the environment around them and what i say is when we have drastic temperature changes uh, it's kind of like a human getting the flu i mean when your body temperature changes you don't feel like eating you feel sluggish you're not yourself you're not as productive when you're putting together a radio show. And so the fish are very, very similar when you have extreme changes because the environment is what dictates their body temperature. So that wind isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it just takes a day or two for the 
for the fish to get out of the funk and get back and to be their normal selves. The wind has had to have affected the ability to be on some parts of some lakes, though. I feel so fortunate. I know some of my buddies that guide up into Bemidji area on bigger bodies of water, Red Lake, um, Lake of the Woods, Leech Lake, have had days where, you know, it's been hard to go, where, where they've even had to cancel some trips. In the Parker Rapids area, we have so many of these smaller lakes that um, you can get out of the wind pretty easily, not to mention... My boat's pretty big. The crest liner that I run is an inch under 23 feet, and it's 102 inches wide. So it's almost like having a, a slightly smaller version of a launch boat. So the nice thing is you can take on some of those big waves and, and the uh, wind very, very much easier than if you had, say, a 12- or 14-foot uh, smaller boat. How has the bite been over there? You know, it's been pretty decent overall. We've had a few days that, like I say, with that wind and that water temperature mixing, haven't been as good as I'd like to see for this period of time. But at the same time, fishing success is always relative. You never know. Sometimes you take people out, and if they catch a couple of fish, that's much better than they expected to do. And then sometimes you take people out, and they don't catch as many as they're used to, say, for instance, going up to Canada. And that's been one major change this year is that, there have been a ton of people calling saying we, you know, we typically go to, to Canada. We've been going there for 30 years as a group, and now we can't. So can we come fish with you? So that's definitely something I hadn't planned for a few months ago. Um, but it's been nice seeing some of these people and hearing their stories that I don't typically have in the boat. What's been biting? You know, the walleye bite's been pretty decent. Uh, bass have been going just bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, largemouth took a little bit longer to get through the spawn this year than, than what is typical, but they're starting to move out onto some of those deeper weed lines now and seeing those bigger fish that are done spawning smallmouth too. Yesterday we had just a pile of smallmouth in the boat and some really big ones too, but the thing that is really nice to see is we caught a lot of really small large, or smallmouth too. Small, smallmouth. Uh, <laughs> So those smaller fish, obviously, that bodes well for the future. Uh, musky anglers have been seeing some really good action, uh, those that are putting in the time at least. The panfish have been really, really good. The bluegills are finished spawning now, and they're moving out into those deeper weed lines as well. Uh, do remember with those panfish, of course, like I preach all the time, make sure you get some of those bigger fish back. We really want to protect some of those big fish. Really, if you look at the difference in size of a fillet between, say, a you know eight ounce sunfish versus a fourteen ounce sunfish, it's really not that much difference, especially if you're not very good at filleting fish. Now the um, the bite is probably going to continue to heat up for the bass, I would think. What about the walleyes? I mean, we're kind of, we up down here in Bemidji, or up here, I guess, in Bemidji. We didn't really kick into what we consider that June bite until recently, and then it got real hot. We had the same thing, but I am still optimistic that we're going to have that that bite that just, it's like a light switch that flips. It might even be when I go later today, I'm hoping so. (laughs) But where you just have these magical days where everything lines up and it's wicked good. You go through all the bait that you brought, and um, I'm still hoping for that to happen. And even though it's heated up a bit, like I say, that water temperature in our area hasn't changed a whole lot. 
Um, but as that water warms up, people automatically think, based on air temperature, for instance, with walleyes, those fish are going to move out deep. They have to move out deep. In reality, I can almost bank on it that right around the 4th of July, I'm going to be able to fish in the middle of the day in cabbage weeds in fairly shallow water. I should say really shallow water for this time of year. We're talking like six to eight, nine feet of water, maybe even out to 12. Uh, but I don't have to go deep even in the middle of the day because those fish are using that vegetation as their habitat, its cover. Uh, the light doesn't affect them as much. And that's where you've got a lot of forage right now, too, so they don't have to go out into that deep water. He's Jason Durham slapping some fishing knowledge on us. We have a lot more to learn from Jason, so stick around. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Hope you get we're on social media. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Plus, we're online, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on podcasts and then Paul Bunyan Country. Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service, my guest today. Jason, you mentioned uh, getting more work from uh, people who normally would go uh, up into Canada, but we've got a record number of uh, sales going on as far as license sales this year. Have you noticed on a daily basis uh, an increase in the number of people on the water? I would say so, but not necessarily just anglers. I've seen a lot more people just simply wanting to get outside. So the recreation side of boating and the lake traffic has definitely increased. Uh, but I'm so glad to see that increase in license sales, especially in that segment of youth. You know, we've been preaching this for, oh, my gosh, decades now. We've funneled money into programs to get more youth involved in angling because we've seen a decline in this for years. And you know what, Kev? It only took a pandemic <laughs> for this to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, once they're out there, we hope that they uh, keep coming back because uh, it is a great sport, and it's, you know, as we've said many, many times, something you do all your life. Well, you know, one of the things that takes away from angling in the outdoors a lot is youth sports. And I'm not saying anything negative against that, athletics. It's good team building, responsibility. There's a lot of values that are taught through that. But it's definitely changed over the years where, there's a lot more time that the families spend dedicated towards those sports, but a lot of those are finite. They're going to end at some point. The nice thing is, even if, if the youth aren't participating in the outdoors, angling and hunting and those types of things right now, they probably will at a later time in their life. So they're not lost. <laughs> they're still going to be coming out to the lakes, and they're still going to be enjoying that heritage uh, that we love here in Minnesota few things to be aware of as we get into the 4th of July with this heat, even though maybe it hasn't affected the water temperatures too much. If you're going to be out fishing for any length of time, uh, there's some measures you need to take to make sure you uh, don't get the effects of that sun and that heat. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about that, especially, you know, when you've got windy days. People don't realize, you know, how much uh, moisture evaporates and, and how you become dehydrated so fast because of that wind and not just the heat. It's a combination of both. So do make sure that you bring lots of liquids. Uh, cover yourself up. I mean, you don't have to lay out and, and get a tan. Uh, you can cover up. There's a lot of companies that have great quality products specifically for being out on the lakes in the sun. 
Um, and then, of course, uh, wearing sunblock, too, and sun protection and a lotion type and reapplying that, especially if you jump in the water to swim. But there's a number of other safety, safety things to keep in mind, too. You were talking about boat traffic. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot more people on our lakes in the next couple of days, and you have to really be aware. You know, I had a close call situation just a couple of weeks ago where there were a, a few um, teenage kids that were, were tubing out on a lake that I was guiding on, and they were being very appropriate. I mean, they were screaming and having a good time, and that's, <laughs> you know, the lakes are for everybody, absolutely. Um, but I noticed they had stopped and they were switching people on the tube, and we had pulled up maybe 70 yards away uh, on a spot that we were going to fish, and I, I felt like the driver maybe couldn't see me, and he hadn't taken off yet, uh, but they were drop, uh, driving a tiller steer boat, so he had a passenger up in the bow. I couldn't see the driver, so I knew he couldn't see me. Mm. Uh, when he hit the throttle, I jammed the, my boat into reverse and started honking the horn as much as I could, and the person in front turned and tossed and screamed, there's a boat, and, and they turned. Thankfully, everybody was safe. Uh, they did come close. I mean, it was only about a cast away from us, uh, but everything was, was A-OK. And, and the, the girl who was spotting, who was up in the front, waved and said, we're sorry. And I put up my hand and I said, it's OK, <laughs> because I could have gone over there and I could have screamed at them and yelled at them, you know, you could have killed us. But that's not going to solve anything either. And, and probably all of us at some point in our lives have been unaware at some point. So I'm sure they uh, probably are not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> no. Whether a boat or a car or an ATV or a motorcycle, yeah, uh, at least once for me. At least once for I me. I was thinking as a kid on a bicycle. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, and and you had a you had a trolling motor incident. My gosh, you've had all kinds of things happen. Oh my gosh, I had a trolling motor that broke, and that was a lot of it due to the wind. Um, you know, wind likes to wreck things, kind of like in the winter. Cold likes to wreck things. Uh, in the summer, sometimes wind likes to break a few things. So yeah, some equipment issues. I've had a, a trolling motor go down. I've had my truck break down, and all the while. You know, trying to go full throttle and, and getting people out on the lakes, and I haven't skipped a beat in that regard. It's good to have good friends and good family who have uh, equipment they can loan you, so so then I can break their gear instead of mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've had some really interesting incidents. Uh, I had a husband and wife in the boat the other day that caught the same fish at the same time. It was a small largemouth bass, and it actually took both of their leeches had both of their hooks in, in its mouth, and I just jokingly said as they brought it in, oh, cute, it's a love bass. And at that point, they looked at each other and said, oh, my gosh, it's our anniversary today. We didn't <laughs> remember until we got that fish. You said that. Wow. Did that happen? Uh, oh, my gosh. I caught a fish the other day. I caught a 27-inch northern with no bait, a bare hook. It wasn't supposed to happen, and uh, it did. And I always tell people, if you spend a lot of time on the water, just – Strange things are going to happen. We also caught the same fish three times in one week. And wow. people asked me, they said, well, how do you know it was the same fish? Well, it was pretty easy. It was a largemouth bass. It was blind in one eye, and it had a very uh, notable mark on its side. So it was pretty easy to tell. See, so that catch and release stuff really does work. Let them go, let them grow. <laughs> 
All right. So um, right now, as, as you're going out there, any particular lakes that, that really seem to be lighting it up over there? You know, Long Lake has really started to turn on, and so has Big Sand. And if you look at the structure of those two lakes, you've got some very, very deep water. I mean, the deepest lakes in our entire area. And part of that is that they're starting to warm up and those fish are starting to get a little more aggressive. We always used to joke, you don't go out on Long Lake, for instance, until the 4th of July. But that's not necessarily true. June is a really good month out there as well. And those two lakes are excellent for walleye. If you look at big sand, you've got a lot of smallmouth bass out there and actually some really big northern pike and a lot of people overlook you know going to big sand for northern pike because it doesn't have these massive shallow water flats but what it does have is a lot of deep cool water and a lot of great bait fish for those fish to grow how's the musky bite been uh, so far this year over there the musky bite's been good the anglers that i've been talking to have done really well. I personally, I haven't been musky fishing yet this year. I'm actually going this week. Um, but from what I've seen from pictures and from what I've heard talking to the musky anglers is, uh, you know, daylight has been pretty good. I haven't seen that many pictures after dark, so you don't have to stay up all night. Um, they're getting some fish trolling out in that deeper water, but they're starting to see fish up in that cabbage too. Man, myth, and legend, Jason Durham from Go Fish Guide Service. My guest today will wrap up with Jason in a moment. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. I'm Kev Jackson. Don't forget the first ever Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca-Cola of Bemidji, is coming up uh, July 24th, 25th, and 26th. Yeah, three-day tournament. Very unique tournament. Uh, all you need to do is download the Fish Donkey app, find the United Way Bemidji Tournament, get registered. It's one $200 fee for your two-person team, and you're in two tournaments. There's a bass tournament, a walleye tournament, and yes, you can win both. First place in each division is $3,000 based on 100 boats. Uh, you, you take your top five walleyes caught and your top five bass caught. You can fish any lake in Beltrami, Clearwater, or Hubbard counties, and you have, as we noted, three days to fish from 7 a.m. Friday, July 24th through 2 o'clock Sunday the 26th. It's catch, photo, and release, and the Fish Donkey app does all the work. You get more details at unitedwaybemidji.org or download the Fish Donkey app. Great cause. Going to be a great tournament. The Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca-Cola. And Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, as well as Acme Tools, Dick's Plumbing and Heating, L&M Fleet Supply, and Northwoods Bait and Tackle. Now let's get back to it with Jason Durham from Go Fish Guide Service. You've been a guy who's been on the water most of your life. Uh, you have seen uh, and studied and know what's going on. Anything you're seeing in your area lakes that have you concerned right now, or are things pretty good over there? I would say it's pretty good overall. You know, of course, we're always trying to fight off the invasives, and Hubbard County is known as, you know, the county in the state that does the most watercraft inspections out of any county in Minnesota. Uh, most people, they know the drill. When they pull up to the body water at the access, they know exactly the steps and procedures that they have to do to launch. There's still, there's still, every once in a while, somebody who just feels like their rights are being imposed upon by being asked a few questions. Mm -hmm. So definitely be patient for those AIS inspectors. Um, 
we don't have you know many lakes in Hubbard County that have any type of invasive species. There are a few, uh, like faucet snails, for instance. We're, we're seeing those on a few more bodies of water. We had a trip the other day where we actually caught five snails, live snails, um, not with a hook, but they attached to the line. Uh, we also did get a clam that day and a crayfish, so really the hard-shelled animals we did very well on. All right. But, uh, otherwise, the invasives, for the most part, we've kind of dodged that bullet thus far. So hopefully anglers will help all these lakes in Hubbard County to continue to do that. What else is going on in your world? Oh, goodness. <laughs> what else would be going on in my world? I have not gone swimming yet, Kev. No. But I can almost bet that's going to happen this week with the heat. And what else could I tell you? I, you know, I've just had a great season so far. Uh, looking forward to uh, spending more time on the water. Um, actually, tonight I'm going with a good friend who is a regular guest on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, Mr. Jason Rylander. Oh, and when okay. he and I get together, there's a whole lot of stupidity in the boat <laughs> at one time. So <laughs> you'll have to look on social media to see what uh, you know ridiculous things we come up with tonight. Okay. Hey, just uh, touching on your uh, your other job, um, have you heard anything, oh. rumor or otherwise, of what we might be looking at for school in the fall? Yeah, so uh, I get asked this almost every day. I bet. Are you guys going back to school in the fall? We don't know. I, I wish there was a definitive answer, 100%, but just like with everything that's going on in the world with reopening society and restrictions, there's there's nothing that's concrete. The Minnesota Department of Education did release a statement last week, and everybody was kind of you know, waiting for this, like it was going to be revelational. And it definitely was not. What they stated was school in the fall will be one of three formats, either learning in school, distance learning, or a combination of the two. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> so what they told us was everything that we already knew. Yeah. Uh, but the governor is going to be making an, un- an announcement on July 27th, and people are uh, kind of waiting for that. And we'll just have to see. I know... If we do go back to school, things are probably going to look very different. Um, in the kindergarten classroom, you know, if you're talking about social distancing, that's a really difficult concept to teach when you have kids that really want to be close to each other uh, and are very uh, touchy and grab things and grab each other. And We'll just yeah. have to wait and see. That's all we can do. Oh, yes. Hey, uh, I don't know that I've ever touched on the uh, the new uh, growth of competitive high school fishing in the state of Minnesota. Uh, any any teams down in your neck of the woods, and, and what do you think of that in general? I think the high school fishing is absolutely fantastic. My buddies and I talk about it all the time, and all of us say the same thing. Oh, my gosh, if they just had this when we were in school. <laughs> and I'm sure so many adults have said that. That would have been the coolest thing ever. We don't really have any teams in this area yet, but I do see that that some are probably going to be emerging in the next, I would say, year or two. Um, It doesn't take much to start a team. Actually, you only need a supervisor and two students who are willing to be part of the team. That's the minimum that you need. So to start a chapter is not very difficult at all. 
Um, I know Chris Haley up in Bemidji has done such a fantastic job with the team up there, and um, I just see it as growing so fast, so incredibly fast, and these kids, they're good at it. Uh, the adults that are supporting them, wow, way to go, parents, whether they're driving boats for tournaments or just supporting them and buying fishing tackle. I mean, that's kind of a big thing. Like, I want to buy this expensive rod or reel, or, or maybe it's I want to buy more baits. Um, you know, some people can go, well, are you getting a little carried away there? No, you can <laughs> never have enough rods, reels, or baits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things about your area, talking to you and different guys in the Park Rapids area over the years, you guys have been into the bass thing for a long time, but boy, uh, that's really introducing bass in a much bigger way in other parts of Minnesota with the high school fishing scene. Absolutely, and and what a great way to get the kids started in this. I know years ago, and not so many years ago, uh, muskie fishing, muskies, Inc. was supporting the high school fishing uh, but if you really want kids to be interested in muskies, probably aren't the way to start out. Bass, where you've got a fish that's eager to bite, you know, when they jump, it's fantastic to watch them tail dance. Uh, and, and a good fight, good competition with the other teams, you know, what a great way to get started in that competitive part of fishing. But somebody had brought this up the other day, too. They said something about, well, my daughter says when, when we go out fishing that she always catches more than me. And I saw a meme that some friend sent me, and it said something about waiting around for your friend to pick you up to go fishing after you caught bigger ones than they did on the last trip. <laughs> and I thought about it more and more, and I went, you know what? In the tournament setting, I enjoy tournaments a lot. I love that competition. I love when the adrenaline gets flowing. Uh, but when I go out fishing with buddies, it's never a competition. We're never counting fish. We're not ever saying, well, you got one bigger than me, you know. We had a bet going on it or anything like that. We're just out there to have fun, and it's more, I would say, the social part of it more than the actual fishing by far. Okay. Well, Jason, um, as we get ready for the weekend, just some final thoughts? Yeah, I just I hope that everybody has a great time out there on the 4th. Remember those safety measures, protecting yourself and protecting others. I always say you can control everything that you do out on the lake, but you cannot control what everybody else does. So just be really aware of your surroundings. Uh, make sure you've got all those safety items in your boat that you're supposed to to be out on the water. And just be a little bit patient when you're going in and out of the public accesses because we have a lot of people that are going to be around, and we want a lot of people around. I mean, we support tourism in the state of Minnesota. It helps our economy thrive, and um, the lakes are for everybody to use. Bring a lot of water. Bring a hat. Bring a hat, bring a lot of water, your sunglasses, uh, and don't lean over and look into the water with your sunglasses on or clipped onto your shirt or on your hat, uh, because otherwise I have to get out the net really, really fast and try to catch them, because I have clients do that all the time. <laughs> hey, Jason, you still have any spots left if people want to hire you? There are a few as we get later into the summer, and that's one thing that I've seen happen this year, is that a lot of people are waiting till the very last minute to confirm their trips just because there's so much that's up in the air. And so with me, it's, you know, first come, first serve. If you get on the calendar first, it's your date. Uh, if you want to find me, you can locate me online. My website is go-fish-guides.com. Uh, there you can find my, my phone number. Feel free to call or text. 
And you can find me on social media on both Facebook and Instagram. Superstar Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. Always love having him on the show. Jason, thanks a lot. Have a great holiday weekend. Hey, thanks, Kev. Thanks for having me on. And uh, God bless the USA. Now we're going fishing. <laughs> <laughs>